0: It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you didn't. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go
1: out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Jeff Fiegel's with you. The phone number is our new number, which was our old quarantine number, which is (laughs) 973 667 1960. And just so the folks don't don't get confused, uh, new NFL protocols came out earlier in the week. This will probably be the last time I repeat this because we've been doing it all week, which is basically sent me home out of the facility. So, how this is going to work, everybody? is when I'm hosting the show, which is the case today with Jeff Fiegels, I will not have the ability to screen calls because I am alone in my basement. So I basically will just pick up the phone. I'll put you on hold. I just did it right now. I'm not sure if you heard the ring in the background. So (laughs) there there will not be a call screener. You'll just get put on hold, and we'll bring you on the air. I'll ask you what your name is, where you're calling from, and you can get right into your question. So that's how it's going to work. It's a little bit different. There's only one line. Again, I'm in my basement. So... (laughs) If you call and it's busy, just keep trying. Eventually, the line will open up, and we will get everybody in as quickly as we can. And for that reason, since we only have that one line, it could be busy. I'm going to try to cycle people in and out pretty quickly in terms of leaving callers on the air for a while to try to get as many people in as I can. So if we decide to lose you after one point, it's not that we don't like you or it's a bad point. We just want to make sure we give everybody an opportunity to get in, given the fact we only have one line and we can't put people on hold over the course of the program. Big Boo Kickoff Five is presented by the New York Lottery and is part of the Giants Podcast Network, which is brought to you by Investors Bank. You can find the archive of all our shows on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, and all of our favorite podcast platforms. Now it's time to say Jeff Fegels. Hello. Good afternoon. How
2: are you, sir? What a great open, John. There you go. Now, we may hang up on you if we don't like your point. Well. We have the right to do that. <laughs> yes, we do. That's true. But that rarely happens, rarely happens, unless it's someone up north Lives in Maine, which sometimes happens. Right, we hang up on Charlie quite a bit.
1: <laughs> well, you know, look, if you come with a with 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 a, with a fact based opinion, and you have we, a good point, and even if right. we disagree with you, we will listen and we will debate you. If you come yes, with nonsense and you get us mad, and as you well know, I have a tendency to blow my top at times. Once in a while, once in a while, not often. Yeah. I, I I I'm not at the Lance Meadow level of constant crankiness, but. <laughs> If you light my fuse oh, – come on, let's be honest. Lance is a constant curmudgeon. But yeah, my yeah. fuse can be lit sometimes, and that's when it gets ugly. It so,
2: does. That's okay. Hey, listen, we all have bad days. We just don't want
1: to have them every single day. Right, right? exactly. And unfortunately, in 2020, we've had more bad than good. But the Giants are not having bad days, Jeff Eagles, As we pointed out, they are in first place tied with Washington in the division. Obviously, they own the tiebreaker. Still a lot of time to go. You know, we had these debates about – you know, who controls their own destiny. But at this point, with five weeks to go, it really doesn't matter. There's so much is going to happen between now and the end of the year. Where it's, right now, Jeff, the records are irrelevant. And it's the best man win. Whoever plays the best from here on out is going to win the NFC East. And that goes for all four teams.
2: Yeah, and put health in there, too. I yep. mean, Good uh, point. teams that are healthy and both uh, physically and COVID-related, are going to be okay. I mean, if you watched any of that game on Wednesday.
1: Wednesday afternoon football, a NFL <sighs> tradition
2: like no other. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, not a very good game when you think about both teams could have played better, but um, I didn't get to watch all of it. But just a little bit weird. But yeah, to, to your point, I mean, listen, the Giants, it's one at a time. That's been their their motto the whole year. Just take it one game at a time, 1-0 every week. And um, they've done 1-0 every week for the last three weeks. And You know, they've got a formidable opponent this week going up to Seattle with a lot of things on the line. But um, I'm giving the Giants a pretty decent chance to win this game if they do some things right. I know Colt McCoy is the backup quarterback, and if he is the starter and he does play this week, John, I still think they will be able to do some things offensively against an improving Seattle defense. They are getting better. They're getting healthier. Um, Jamal Adams is back in the lineup who's going to be a problem. Can you call him a problem child, which I would? Um, but I'm giving them a good chance. They're going to have to play a good football game to be able to beat this team. Um, because they are they are a good team so. yes
1: and when we will get more into the yeah. ins and outs of that matchup for sure as we go along Paul and Lance touch on a lot of the Seahawk defense stuff yesterday they mm-hmm. are playing better you're right but they also are susceptible to a lot of big plays down the field yeah. which is something that of course if you don't have Daniel Jones it makes it a little bit tougher to take advantage of that so let's hear from Daniel Jones first he talked to the media yesterday in the afternoon after Wednesday's practice and he was asked hey Daniel how you feeling?
3: I'm feeling good, and it's healing, recovering. So just try to take it day by day, do do what the trainers and, and doctors are, are telling me to do, and follow their guidance on all that stuff. So feeling better, and, and uh, certainly working hard to make sure it keeps going that way.
1: All right, and then Jeff, this was head coach Joe Judge today at around 11:30 when he was asked about where Jones is in terms of his recovery from this hamstring injury, trying to play on Sunday against Seattle.
3: Yeah, so we had positive reports on him yesterday. Obviously,
4: you know, we've got to kind of see a little bit more from up today. The plan is to get him out there with the trainers, move him around a little bit, throw a little bit, see where that progresses to, what that allows him to do later in practice today or maybe what that shows we can do with him tomorrow. So, again, there's still a lot of questions, more so than answers right now. I know he's doing everything he can to get back and be with the team. He's preparing tirelessly. He's in the building. He's doing everything he can like it would be any other day. Um, So I know mentally where he's at. We just got to check physically where he's at and make sure we make the right decision for him.
1: So, Jeff, I will say this. Even if they knew right now that Daniel Jones was not going to play in this game, they would not say it. So I think it's important to note that first and foremost. Obviously, the fact he didn't practice at all yesterday is not a great sign. You would have liked to him to get out there if if he could have done a little bit out there on the field. But the fact of the matter is today is their last big practice of the week. It's you know the Thursday practice. They do red zone and third downs and all that sort of stuff. You know, him getting out there today, at least in limited fashion, would be important. If he doesn't, it wouldn't rule him out or anything. But it is important for him to get some action this week to show that he can play full speed on that hamstring and A, be effective, which is what Joe Judge talked about earlier in the week. He has two criteria, right? You got to be effective and be able to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. And two, you can't re injure it. And you know how it goes with hamstrings. If you tweak that thing a second time, it's worse. And then you're out for more weeks. So those are the two things they're going to have to figure out with Jones. Yeah, and they got to take it slow. I mean, he's
2: going to tell them what's happening, right? I mean, he's going to his pain threshold is one thing, but also structurally, you got to be careful, like you said, because if you re-injure it by trying to do something aggressively on practice today, it's just going to set you back even further. So they will be uh, they will be smart about it. Um, I think getting him back on the field is is a good thing. That tells me that at least there's a chance that it's getting better. Because a lot of times, when if you remember guys that are hurt. You know, they don't ever come on the field. They're usually on the side, on the bike or inside, you know, doing rehab. So that's a good sign, and um, we'll see what happens. I think that, you know, there are guys, John, that heal quicker, guys that can pick things up, you know, really heal faster than others. And, you know, maybe, maybe Daniel Jones is one of those guys, Where maybe tomorrow, or it'll be interesting to see where, where they are with them bringing him to Seattle. That'll really, you know, obviously tell you if he's going to play or not. But, I mean, that's a long flight. I don't know if I want to be sitting on a plane for five and a half hours.
1: And believe it or not, Joe Judge was asked today, even if Daniel Jones is not playing this game, are you going to travel him? And he said yes. Okay. So that he will be on that plane regardless if he's going to play or not.
2: Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, if he wants him there, if he wants him to be a part of the team, and he's he's a leader, um, he'll definitely be able to help on the sideline um, with the game and things like that. So, it's it's his call, and you know he can do what he wants. I mean,
1: yeah, absolutely. I, you
2: know what I'm saying? But it, it it I think that because this was not a torn hamstring, and this was just a, you know, he pulled his hamstring. I think he's got a, a good chance to to be back soon. Now remember, maybe not this
1: week, now, maybe next week. Right now, remember, strains and pulls are just you know minor tears. You know what sure. I mean? It's a yeah. stretch. It's not a complete tear, obviously, which would be a multi-month injury. Oh, um, big time. You know, and
2: there would be so much black, you know, black and blue bruising. Oh, yeah. I've seen guys, it's just, it, oh, man, it's it's a horrible-looking
1: thing. Hey, look, the bottom line, Jeff, is that he tried to throw with it at the end of the game on Sunday, and he yeah, couldn't. He literally couldn't throw with it. So yeah. they're going to know pretty quick if he can play on this thing or not, and they'll know. So we'll see, and we won't have word until the official injury report comes out on Friday, and then if he's questionable, we're not going to know until Sunday morning. So people have to be patient. They have to wait. All right, that means it could be Colt McCoy. Well, he well, talked it probably to does because he's probably getting all the reps at practice then, right? Well, yes, but we'll see if Jones can go or not. If not, it will be Colt McCoy, Jeff. And he was asked yesterday by the media what he has to do to step in and replace Daniel, if he has to.
3: I just need to go out there and execute, just be myself. Daniel's played at a really high level the last three weeks. I think that's why it's just so frustrating for him because you could see the growth that he's made. You know, I think for me it's uh, communication working with wideouts, working with running backs. You know, we're doing a lot of stuff on the line. Who knows what we'll do this week? Just being prepared. And, you know, that's the name of the game. That's why the Giants brought me here.
1: And that's why they need to step in. And they're not going to really, Jeff, have to adjust the offense. And Jason Garrett talked about that when he was asked about Colt McCoy on his media call today.
3: I'm just curious, you're looking at, possibly Colt McCoy, a quarterback this weekend. As a coordinator and a play caller, what's the biggest challenge kind of tailing your scheme and your offense around the backup quarterback? I think the biggest thing you try to do for, for a backup quarterback is just try to create a comfortable environment for him. And that's what you're trying to do every week for your starting quarterback. But you know, typically your starting quarterback gets a ton of reps you know, with the ones all throughout training camp, all throughout the week. You know, The backup quarterback has fewer opportunities to do that so you really just have to be mindful of that and understand that he's going into a game uh, that's being played full speed by guys who have been, you know, playing at that speed, you know, all throughout the year. And he has to kind of catch up to that speed, if you will. And I thought Colt did a really good job last week in the game, just getting comfortable and allowing us to function as an offense. And I thought he handled himself really well. And, uh, you know, depending on how this thing plays out this week, you know, we'll try to get him some work and some reps. And if he does have to play in the ball game this week, hopefully he'll be comfortable. So you look for things he's done in his past that he's comfortable with, uh, with you or with somebody else, just so when that ball is snapped, it's, it's all internalized in him. He's just going out there and playing football. Um, I just want a uh, little bit of a clarification. You said making Colt feel comfortable if he plays. Does that mean comfortable mean scale back or cut down? Uh, You know, I don't don't know that it's scaled back or cut down. There's nothing, you know, mentally or physically the Colts not capable of doing. So I wouldn't look at it that way, but you're always trying to create an environment where your players are comfortable with what they're doing. There's a lot of plays in football. Let's run the ones that our quarterbacks like to run and they're comfortable running. Let's run the ones that our linemen are good at, our runners are good at, the things our tight ends and our receivers do best. So you're always trying to do that regardless of who's playing, regardless of how many steps they've played. And you're probably a little bit more sensitive to that with a backup quarterback who hasn't had the backlog of reps that the other guys have had. So I just think you're trying to customize it. I don't think you're cutting it down in any way.
1: And there you have it, Jeff. So it's not a cut down. It's figuring out exactly what Colt McCoy is best at, how to get the most out of him and production out of him, and adjust your game plan accordingly. Because obviously he has the mental acuity, or he's been in the league a long time, to do everything the team needs him to do in from uh, from a mental standpoint but what can he successfully and efficiently execute from a physical standpoint that allows this offense to function at the highest degree possible
2: yeah i think there's steps in the preparation here i think you number 1 you look at who you're playing the type of defense that that, that they play um where they attack and what they're good at and what they're not good at okay so this Seattle team is, is good at stopping the run. They're not good at stopping the pass. So you then now go to the playbook and say, okay, Colt, you know, we're not going to scale anything down, but we're going to try to run plays like Jason just said, things that really work to your favor and, and, and our personnel, where these things will work for you too against this type of defense. So I think there's the word cut down, I, I think it's probably too much of a term to, to really you, you mentally say, oh, we're going to cut this thing in half. But it's really not that. And I think that's what Jason's trying to say. It's really finding a way to, to put him in good positions to succeed against the defense that they're going to be playing.
1: Yeah, no question about it. And I think it'll be interesting, Jeff, and we mentioned this briefly before, where the Seahawks, you know, they're going to pressure you. They're going to blitz. They're going to play, you know, pretty tight coverage. They're not going to let you dink and dunk down the field. That's not how they function. They're going to try to make big plays against you, and then what's the best answer to that, right? You have to make big plays back against them. Mm -hmm. So the question is, can Colt McCoy take advantage of some of those opportunities that a Seahawks secondary, which has struggled this year, presents down the field? Can he make them pay for all of those blitzes and aggressive players near the line of scrimmage and make some plays over the top, something the Eagles could not do successfully on Monday night?
2: Well, I think the one thing that the Giants liked about, especially Jason Garrett, about Colt McCoy is the fact that, you know, he he's familiar with the vertical passing game that Jason Garrett brings. So I know the Giants have want, been wanting to do this vertical passing game with Daniel Jones all season. They're getting better at it. But Colt McCoy, if you go back and look at some of the plays he made when he was in Washington, he likes to throw the ball down the field. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing this week against Seattle. Um, he can be successful for that. We just got to keep him in the pocket and protect him. And like I said the other day, I think some of the design rollout plays to buy him some time, and, you know, he can make plays with his feet. He's a pretty quick guy. Um, we're not talking about Daniel Jones' speed, but if he has to make a play with his feet here and there, he will.
1: All right, let's talk about the matchup. We talk about big plays, Jeff. Well... Can you say D.K. Metcalf? I certainly can. He's got one of the best deep ball throwers in the league, and Russell Wilson getting him the football. He's 6'4", he's 230, he's one of the most physically imposing players in the league. Defensive coordinator Patrick Graham was asked today, is this a situation where you just kind of hand them off to James Bradbury and say,
4: eh, this is your problem? <laughs> I wish things could be that simple, but no. Um, I mean, aside from uh, Metcalf, I mean, they got so many different weapons. I mean, The backs, you know, I mean, Hyde and Carson, these guys are, you know, they're they're scary. The quarterback, obviously, I've, you know, he's a scary player, good player. I've known him since he was a, you know, young kid. His brother played for us at Richmond when I was there. But and then, you know, they got so many weapons, you know, from the receiver spots, you know, 83, 16, 14. They're all making plays. So you know, we're gonna to try to figure it out, do what we could do, uh, see what we could do to try to limit their effectiveness. But, you know, we're gonna need more than just James. We're gonna need everybody all hands on deck for this one. Cause they got a lot of, they got a lot of weapons out there.
1: Now, Jeff, I actually think the Giants are uniquely set up to actually deal with this offense pretty well. They're a big play offense. They want to make big plays down the field. The Giants have been great at preventing those plays all season long. They have, yep. And they're a zone defense. So this is not like you're going to throw anyone man to man with DK Metcalf and say cover him. No, you're going to have help over the top with the safety. You're going to have bracket. You're going to have a, a coverage guy underneath in zone. So this is not a deal where you have to worry about a quote unquote one on one matchup. And yeah, Metcalf leads them in yards receiving. I think he's second in the NFL in yards receiving. But Tyler Lockett actually has more receptions than him. He's only 5'10", in ninety, but he is. He makes plays all over the field. He's fast. He's he's like he's kind of Russell Wilson's go-to guy when he gets into trouble. Maybe not the big play guy, but the go-to guy. So I think the Giants' defense, the way they play, is actually set up pretty well against Seattle. Now... Philly on Monday did slow down their offense a little bit. They play a lot more press man. That's not what the Giants are probably going to do based on the history of what they've done so far this year. So, that, no, they're not going to do that. So, that's going to be a real interesting matchup to see how Russell Wilson and these receivers deal with what's really a a Giants defense that has done a good job combating those big plays, which they've been so adept at making.
2: Yeah, I think the guy you got to look out for this game is Tyler Lockett. That's he's your guy. Yeah, I agree. Um, he is – it's only one of the stats. I, I got some extra info here today that I found um, about Lockett. He has three times as many receptions on crossing routes as the next closest, which would be Metcalf, okay? Um, he they, they love to throw to him across the field. And what is that – there's your zone defense – Watch the crossing routes. Metcalf is another guy that will go across the field and catch the football. So they might go a little bit away from the deep passing game this week, but I think the middle of the field and crossing routes are going to be where they're going to have to defend the field.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. The Giants linebackers and safeties are going to have to be on their P's and Q's dealing with those plays. So I'm with you, Jeff, 100%. By the way, the Seahawks do play a lot of 12 personnel. I think the third most 12 personnel in the league Greg Olson's out. I think he ruptured his plantar fascia or some kind of just gruesome injury that made me want to fall down and cry. But they still have Will Disley and uh, Hollister as their two tight ends. So uh, you'll see it. And they will run the football too with Chris Carson, who breaks tackles. He came back from injury last week. Carlos Hyde is there too. So they will run the ball. Now I mentioned Russell Wilson, Jeff. He's a great thrower, one of the most accurate passers in the league, but he's also someone that can buy time with his legs. Patrick Graham was asked specifically what he thinks about using a spy on Mm, mobile quarterbacks.
4: Here's (laughs) here's the answer. I mean, you know, each game plan is so different. I mean, (laughs) I could tell you stories of using a spy before and the spy didn't tackle the quarterback and... You know, the spy wasn't good enough to get the quarterback. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, I mean, so you try, to, you try to figure out the guys, the best guys to tackle them. They obviously got to be able to tackle. They got to be able to run. But, you know, you alternate between the two. You try to teach um, discipline pass rush. You know, if you're rushing four or five, just trying to fill up the pass rush lanes. then sometimes you might get specific and have a a particular person spy on them and what you're looking for you're looking for somebody that can tackle someone that has the speed to stay with them and they have to have some savviness about them too because you know some sometimes when you talk to a player about what a spy is they just sit back there and now you just gave the quarterback more space the line of scrimmage changes you know what i mean so like just in terms of just talking football as the line scrimmage changes like certain people have philosophy that spy or that mirror player has to close the line of scrimmage Some people stay back there, you know, but to me, you know, you got to pick your poison. Do you want to have more space so you can have vision, or do you want to close so he can get to him quicker when it declares? So those are some of the things you got to look at when you're going through it.
1: And again, Jeff, those those are some of the the specifics that I think this coaching staff is so good at. Mm -hmm. You know, what's the depth of the spy? Is he just behind the pass rush? Is he a little bit further back to create a better angle on the quarterback? And the other thing I'll bring up there, you use a spy general and you play man-to-man. Because the rest of your secondary has their back turns, right? Yeah. So you want to match up then a player on the quarterback to run. Well, if the Giants are in zone, they're all looking at the quarterback anyway. So sure. you don't have to spy if you're in a zone defense. So I don't think that's going to be the case. If they do play man on some plays, I could well, easily see Jabril Peppers be the guy that spies Russell Wilson to me. He's the best athlete probably on that defense to match that. Um and Wilson's not quite in the Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson category in, in terms of yeah. pure athleticism. Now, those guys you can't spy because, frankly, you just can't tackle them one-on-one. They're too fast. That's right. I think you can do that with Wilson. But, again, the Giants will be in so much zone here, Jeff. I, I just don't think that's going to be a factor in the game.
2: Yeah, and you know who's really kind of a built-in spy already is Martinez. The guy is around the football everywhere, you know, so I, I, would, I would put my credence in, in having more responsibility out of him, knowing where he is constantly and maybe having another safety in the game to to help him on the back end of that if he can't get to somewhere. So um, And I agree with you about the coaching staff and the way that Patrick Graham and, and his staff work together about finding different game plans each week. It's so impressive to see this because when you watch it on TV and you like we do when we study the game, if you understand every week is something different and it's impressive. It's really, really impressive. But the one consistent thing is, is that Bradbury is going to be is going to be asked to be able to, to take the brunt of a lot of this DK Metcalf stuff because I don't see anybody even close to getting, you know, being able to cover him. Um, but if they do have to do some man coverage, you're not gonna do zone completely all the whole day. No, but, of course not. But if they do, it's you're gonna see him matched up against him. So, um but you know, they, they are an offense that will put some points up on you. Here's the other thing too, John, that I think that in the last few weeks Russell Wilson has gotten better. He's got a, he a little had the little Daniel Jones syndrome going there for a while. Turnovers, right? I mean, he was a turnover machine until the last couple weeks he hasn't turned the ball over. So I think that's one thing that the Giants have to try to get him to do. Um, the Giants need to confuse him a little bit on some of their coverages or whatever it is. But um, he will make mistakes. He will make mistakes. And, you know, he's a good he's a good player. I mean, he's so underrated, John. I mean, you look at the guy. I mean, he's in Seattle. We don't get to watch him a lot. But, I mean, the guy is just really an amazing football player to watch. He really is. A lot of fun. And, by the way, I have my son is a Seattle Seahawks fan because obviously he grew up, you know, he was born when I was playing with the Seahawks. So I got to hear the Seahawks stuff every single week. So I got my own Seahawks scout in the building. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) All
1: right. Now let's get the special teams very quickly. Thomas Begay. asked what the meetings were like this week after what was a not great (laughs) special teams performance. He pointed out it was probably the worst day of football in his life as a special teams coach in terms of coverage. He talked about, uh, directional kicking from both the kickoff guy, Graham Gunnell and the punter, Riley Dixon, was not great. Uh, he talked about poor tackling um, and just really was a poor performance overall, guys not doing their job. Well, he here's what he said when he was asked about what the meetings were like this week, and then we'll get to your calls right after this.
5: Meetings have been, you know, meetings. You know, business as usual. We got to get better, and that and that's the bottom line. You know, it's not a, you know, I can go in there and raise hell and throw stuff across the room, but it's not going to change what happens. The, moving forward we have to be better Te- technically we have to be better um, schematically we have to be better like we have to do some things differently to make sure that we're we're optimizing who
1: we are as a coverage unit Jeff I'll let you just take it you're the special teams kid
2: well here's the one thing about special teams that you have to be real careful with and I know that the special teams coaches are over analysis. okay it it so this Giants special teams has been a solid, solid unit all the way through the season. Had a couple breakdowns here and there, especially last week. So when you hear uh, Coach McGahee talk about change some things and, and improve on things, just kind of understand that you don't need to do everything. You just need there's a few things that happen on special teams plays that break plays. Good blocking, okay, will win over all the time for bad tackling. That's what happened on the kickoff return, okay? Same thing with the punt return. Now the the fake field goal or the, excuse me the fake punt that they ran last week that's just perception you got to under you got to know what's going on you got to be aware of how this team is going to try to to get some field position on you and make big plays because they're they got to do that they're they're an underdog in the game they're not as good a football team as you are so those are the things you have to understand special teams wise and you got a young a lot of young players on that team that I'm sure that these meetings were spirited this week um and probably put a little fear in in God of these guys and. They're going to go out and practice, and they'll be fine. They will be fine. They will. It's just a matter of don't overthink things. Just go out and play and get better with your fundamentals.
1: No question. And I want to play one more thing, and I didn't have a chance to address this because mm-hmm. we had the holiday last week, and then we had the game review um, over the course um, of Monday and Tuesday when I was on. Uh, but Jeff and I both have a longstanding relationship with Marcus Paul, uh, who was the Giants assistant strength and conditioning coach for, yep. for more than a decade. And, uh, he sadly and tragically and suddenly passed away last week at the Cowboys practice facility, had a medical emergency from what I understand, basically in front of the players in the weight room while he was trying to do his job and they were never able to uh, resuscitate and they got him on life support, but he, he never came back to us. And, uh, they had the virtual, which unfortunately is how you have to do things, um, in, in 2020, a memorial forum him today um, at 11 o'clock. And Thomas He was asked about that, Jeff, and, and this was mm-hmm. his emotional response.
5: We lost a good friend here in the organization, uh, Marcus Paul. And, uh, you know, i just like to say um, he was a great man. Um, he was a great friend, great human being, and uh, uh, we're going to miss him.
1: And, Jeff, here's the thing. Look. Yeah. We all get cranky. We all are in bad moods sometimes, and, you know, we can snap at people. Marcus (laughs) Paul was never in a bad mood. Never had a bad day. Always smiling. Just a kind man. Was always ready to help you and motivate you in any way he could. You know, you could ask him anything. And, you know, just he basically, you know, helped run that giant weight room for a decade. Just an awesome guy, and it really bothered me, and it affected sure. me when when I heard about this down there, and a lot of the a lot of your giant teammates who I was talking to, you know, felt the same way, and I'm sure you did too. And just a horrible loss for for the NFL community, of course, for his family. We send our thoughts and prayers and condolences to them. Um, just a you know, coach this, coach that, whatever. Just a, a kind person, and and a really, really good guy. Yeah, he
2: you know he was just a guy that was so spirited. And one thing about Marcus, and you mentioned it, he he was never in a bad mood. And and trust me, when you are uh, when you're coming in to work out into the weight room, sometimes, you know, it's not fun. And he always made it he always made it fun. He always made it, it uh, I guess bearable because you know some of the workouts you do in there, are just you know you're just exhausted. You don't feel like doing it. But he always had that attitude and that motivation to get guys through. Um, one thing that really made me uh, extremely proud of Marcus was that I saw a tweet from his daughter um, that Marcus was a organ organ donor yeah. um, and was able to donate. I don't know how
1: many of his organs. I think, but, I think she said four or four or six or something like that, which to
2: me is outstanding. I mean, just think about, and if you ever read any of these stories or seen them on TV about people who have received, you know, organs from people that have passed away and then that, you know, those, those things live on. And you have you those people have a connection. And I think it's just such a great thing because, you know, if you ever looked at Marcus Paul, you would you know, you would never think that the guy was unhealthy. You would never think that that person would die at the age of 54 oh, no. he years was old. Solid
1: as a rock. I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think a man had an ounce of body fat on him. No.
2: And he was just again, like like Coach McGee, he said, just a great friend, a great friend of the organization, a good friend to you and I. Um and we wish his family and we pray to that you know, that they get through this tough times and we're all gonna miss him. We're all gonna miss him uh, extremely. And he was a, just a great person. A wonderful, wonderful human being.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm with you, Jeff. And uh yeah. and he will be sorely, sorely missed and uh and we're all thinking about him, his family um sure. at this time. Yep. Big Blue Kickoff 5 is presented by New York Lottery. The New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch-off games once again. Head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to $500,000. Please gift responsibly. I do have some Saquon sound from earlier today. I'll get to that a little bit later. We've been yapping enough, Jeff. I want to make sure uh, we get to some of our callers here that are on the line. Someone's been holding for a good 15 minutes at least, so let's get to them. Caller, you're on the line with Schmelken Fegels. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Caller. going Me again? Yes. Yep. again Man, he did
6: it to me the other day. I'm expecting to at least hear a click. Like, <laughs> no. But again, oh th- gosh,
1: I explained go. how this is going to work. You're just going to get brought on the air when I'm hosting. Go ahead. I know,
6: I know, but I didn't hear the ksh, or something. All right, all right, yep. all right.
1: This is Rick from Tampa. What's yep. up?
6: What's how up? You guys man? doing? Let's go do more. Uh, well. Okay. Couple quick things. Um, one. Uh, oh, by the way, Jeff, you said that uh, you, you you made a comment about. Uh, um, Russell Wilson has, uh, with his uh, turnover and stuff, you made a comment about Daniel Jones. You got to maybe say how Daniel Jones, put it in the past tense with Daniel Jones. Okay, sorry, yeah. He's been doing no, good. Okay,
2: sorry, my <laughs> but bad. He has, you know. I, I understand what you're
6: having <laughs> um, I was going to say two things. One, uh, you know, now with uh, Colt McCoy getting all the reps pretty much and uh, Daniel Jones, you know, just, you know, slowly getting better. And I really, and I said this before, I. I you know whether they're making it look like that for Seattle or whenever even if he was if he was better i mean uh, 100% i mean Colt McCoy's been taking all the reps he's all prepared they have a game plan i i would still think they would go with him either way uh so uh, i'm i'm thinking that's going to be the scenario and the other one i have a question for you looking at where the team is now and you know i'm excited how we're you know possibly win the division get a i mean have a home playoff game which would be crazy but Go, uh, looking at as the team is now and going into the draft next year, when it comes to our pick, whether it's 14, 15, whatever it may be, um, going by how we're playing now uh, and best availability of three positions, what do you think we would be more inclined to take or need? <laughs> is it going to be offensive lineman? Nope. Is it going to be a defensive end? Maybe. Or is it going to be a wide receiver?
1: Yep. I think you'll – and it's funny, Jeff and I had like a 30-second conversation <laughs> – Uh, before the show about this, Rick. We really did. It's funny. Um, I think you're looking at either a pass rusher, a cornerback, or a wide receiver. I think those are your three major needs, Jeff, as you head to this offseason. Again, I think it depends what you do in free agency, too, right? Like, if you find one of those in free agency, then maybe you don't go that way in the draft.
2: Yeah, but you know what? I'm more more inept. I'm not a big fan of wide receivers in free agency. I I never have been. Um, I mean, Plastico worked out for the Giants pretty good, but I, I think that... You know, I'm just not a big – I'd rather have these these guys, like, you know, if you look at these young receivers that came into the draft last year and now in the league this year, I would love some production out of someone like that. I like that. I like the younger players. That's just my opinion. I would go ride receiver, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, and it's supposed to be a really deep wide receiver uh, class, too. And, Rick, thanks a lot for the call. And it's not supposed to be a very deep pass rusher draft. So I think that's something to keep in mind here, Jeff, as we well, go ahead here. That might be here. a free agent then. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean – and here's the other thing, too – this free agency class is going to be pretty unique now, right? It is because yeah, absolutely. Who's going to have money, money to spend? Oh, mm-hmm. the Giants going to have money to spend once they take care of their in-house guys like Dalvin Tomlinson, like Logan Ryan, like Leonard Williams, three guys that have been essential to how yeah. well this defense has played this year, if you want to bring back all three of those guys, honestly, I don't know if you have any money left.
2: Well, you're gonna have to go looking for it, and that I mean, guys like Nate Solder and Golden Tate. Yeah, unfortunately, and all these guys
1: unfortunately, that, with Nate Solder, Jeff, you really can't save much money. You well, save like four million. His,
2: that's right, because his contract is just gonna be shaped. It got rolled over. Year. Yep, that's exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. You do you don't, you forget about that. But you know, um, I think that all teams can find cap space. You know that. Um, but it's just a matter of how much they want to. to put towards one position and, you know, and I think you make a good point is, you know, analyze the draft, how, where you are in it, as far as who, the depth. And if it's not a good class at this position, then maybe free agency is the way to go, but we're a long ways off from that. We'll get to that sooner or later. Won't we, John?
1: I know. Thank, thankfully <laughs> we actually have a division race to talk about. Which That's is, right. Which is nice. It's funny though. Like I was going through our giants mailbag questions, you can go by the way to giants.com slash mailbag. You can send your questions in. I, I answer them online. I got so many draft questions this past week. I'm like, guys, really? <laughs> really? Look, I get it. If, 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 you have, if you're out of it and the season's over and you know, you're yeah. four games out of first place or whatever, you want to ask me draft questions, all right, cool. Guys, come on. You're in first place. Yeah, we're not worried about the draft right now. Don't ask about the draft. Come yeah. on.
2: And, and by the way, we're not getting the third pick. No. You know, so no. we're, we're, we're going down. And I, that's, a, that's a good thing. I, and
1: do you remember the conversation when Charlie called up and laughed at me when I said I thought the Giants would be picking somewhere between like 7 and 9? And he's like, oh, they're going to pick like third, John. What, are you kidding me? Well, <laughs> well they might today. end up picking 19th if yeah. they win the division. That's right. Because the record doesn't matter. If you win the division and you're in the playoffs – that's the lowest you can be. You're the 14th team from the top. Or the highest you could be, probably. You know, yeah. Exactly. Whatever Whichever you, way yeah. you want to look at it. Exactly. <laughs> so just something to keep in mind here, folks. Yeah. The, the New York Giants and Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab test, your Quest Direct, to get the health answers you need most. Let's go back to the phones. Caller, you're on the air with John and Jeff. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? Yes, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling hey, from? Hey, hey,
0: hey. Hi, John. John and Jeff. This is Jeff uh, from Rhode Island.
1: Hey, Jeff. What's up? Hey, man? Jeff.
0: How you doing? Are you well, great. Everybody staying okay down there?
1: We're surviving, my friend. How about you?
0: Okay. Well That's good. That's a good thing here. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, can you please tell me what's going on with Darius Slayton in regards to? Uh, I mean, is he injured? Or, I mean, he has. He's, he's been, been hurt. like uh, a non-entity the past few weeks. I was just wondering what's going on with him.
1: Uh, I, th- I think a he's banged up. I think that's mm-hmm. part of it. And the other part of it, Jeff, to be quite honest with you. Once you see a receiver start making big plays, teams are going to pay more attention to them. Uh, And right now, of the Giants receivers, to me at least, and Joe Judge kind of refuted this today, but I I have my opinion, and that's fine. Um, To me, he's their real true deep threat, right? Nobody else has that really scary speed to beat you over the top. Now, Evan Ingram can do it, and we saw that last week, and I think that was a product of the other team making sure they had the safety over the top on Darius Slayton's side of the field, which then allowed Ingram to to go one-on-one with no safety help. So I think it's a combination. Yeah, he is banged up. He's fighting through injuries. Joe Judge made that point uh, last week, I believe, when he spoke to the media. But, Jeff, I think at the same time... Uh, defenses are saying, well, you know, this is the Giants' big play weapon. We need to do what we need to do here to stop him from beating us over the top. So I think that's part of it, too. And, look, he's faced some good quarterbacks. Like, they put Darius Slay on a one-on-one. He beat him a couple times at the end of the game, but that's going to be a tough matchup for him.
0: Okay, do you have any idea what the actual injuries might be?
1: He was listed on the injury report. i got to bring this up from yesterday now. Um, I will check that I believe it was foot and shoulder. If I'm not mistaken, let me take a look here at exactly what it was. I gotta go to yesterday injury report. Here we go. Uh, he was limited in practice. Slayton had a uh, shoulder and foot. Yes, he was limited. And <laughs> Sterling Shepard was listed toe shoulder. So that there you go.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it really doesn't give you a lot of information. No, though. it does That's not. Pretty vague.
1: Yes. Yeah. Purposely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Okay, guys, well, uh, Thank you, let's go Giants, and uh, I'll be talking to you soon, I guess, if I can get through.
1: Right. Well, keep trying. I appreciate okay, it, Jeff.
0: Have a good have a good day. Thanks you for the too. call. And, we you know, he talked, about it,
1: and he talked about injuries, by the way. And, by the way, now we have an open line, so if you want to get in, you can at 973-667-1960. Uh, Saquon Barkley did address the media today. I got three shortcuts. Let's go through them real quick, Jeff. One, he addressed what this rehab situation is going to be like for him.
5: it's Coming every single day, uh, trusting the medical st- uh, staff, trusting the, the trainers and all those guys, and, you know, just knowing that they're putting me in the right positions to uh, to recover as best as I can. Do you
0: feel you're making some nice progress?
5: Um, that's the goal. Uh, get one percent better every single day. Um, you know, uh, take the little wins. Uh, so that that's what I try to come and do every single day.
1: Then, Jeff, he was talked about if he's reached out to anybody in regards to coming back from an injury like this.
5: When you hear this injury, the first person that comes to your mind is uh, the season that AP has. So um, I forgot how I think I reached out to him. When he reached out to me, um, he put me in contact with with, with his trainer, um, was able to ask him a lot of questions. And also, I think the day before surgery, um, got to chat with uh, AP for a very long time and uh, could see myself continue to chat with
1: him throughout the line. And then finally, he was asked whether or not he thinks he can be his old self when he recovers.
5: You know, the likelihood of, of me coming back to 100 percent, what they're saying is uh, it's kind of how you how you attack it. You know, you got to be smart within the with the first six, seven weeks, obviously, because the meniscus repair, um, which I'm continuing to be smart with. And, and then at the end of the day, sometimes they say when you do ACL reconstruction, your ACL comes, is, becomes 10 times stronger.
1: So, Jeff, he did have the meniscus repaired. It was not replaced. It was just sewn up, which Saquon said was a big deal, and that that helps the long-term recovery period. And the reason they had to wait a few weeks for the surgery, they had to wait for the MCL to heal. Now, they didn't have to surgically repair the MCL. Uh, That wasn't a complete tear, which was good. So that kind of healed on its own. Then they did the surgery where they did the ACL repair, and they did the meniscus repair. So yeah. that's where Barkley is. And look, with the way these rehabs and surgeries are now, Jeff, there's no reason he's not going to get back and, and be physically you know, close to what he was before, if, if not 100%. Now, other guys, and it was a <laughs> different injury, but Odell Beckham hasn't been the same since he broke his ankle, right, three yeah. years ago. He's had other injuries, and he didn't quite have that explosiveness, so... Other guys recover different ways, but you know, Saquon's a freak physically. He's going to work his butt off. So there's no reason to think he's not going to be very, very capable when he gets back.
2: Yeah. I got to believe that, you know, he's, he's, and I think he's a quick healer, which makes sense. You know, I mean, and the guy can, I think he'll defy all odds here. I, I, I would expect him back sooner than later. And uh, like he said, you know, you come back even stronger. That ACL uh, becomes even stronger than it was. So that's a good thing, and as long I think the big thing about Saquon is, is controlling him. You know what I mean? Like he he said he got to take it easy because I think people know the way he's going to go aggressively and try to try to rehab, but he's got to have to stay in line with what the trainers and doctors tell him to do. Yeah, you got to be smart about it. Yes, you, absolutely, especially in those first eight weeks, like he said. Um, and I know I've had surgeries, nothing like that before, but you're anxious. You're anxious to feel better. You want to go through, you know, want to get back to your normal livelihood because being hurt and, you know, walking on crutches and having rehab and all this stuff, oh, it's not sucks. fun. It's, it's, yeah, you remember with your finger, right? I mean, it's just, it's like, it's, it's not fun. It takes away a lot of the part of your life, and you want to get back to normal, and you just got to be real careful with that.
1: No question about it, Jeff. I'm with you. Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. Caller, you're next up. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Welcome to the show.
2: Hi, it's Scott from New Mexico. Hey,
1: Scott. Hey, Scotty.
7: Uh, hi, guys. Uh, the reality of the situation is that Seattle is averaging about 31 points per game.
1: And they're averaging at home, Jeff, thirty five uh, Scott, 35 points per game. Right. So they're good. And the
7: Giants right now are at about 20 points per game. And I think in order for the Giants to win this, they have to keep Seattle under 24 points, which is going to be a difficult scenario. But both teams are great against the run. Yep. And the strength of the team for the Giants lately has been the run, because it's 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 manifested uh, an ability to pass. But my question is, with the Seattle team, there was been there's only one team that's really kept them under uh, 20 points, and that was, I believe, Los Angeles. Will Joe Judge look at that, or do you guys know what Los Angeles did defensively uh, to keep Seattle under that? You know, under 20 points. Well, yeah, I got to tell
1: you, Scott, they're game. a hell of a defense. They, 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 no, no, I'm, <laughs> I know look, that I, I know. <laughs> no, Scott, I'm, look, I'm being very serious right now. The Rams' okay. defensive game plan was fantastic. They have Aaron Donald, a defensive tackle. They have Jalen Ramsey, a cornerback. <laughs> they have right. Michael Brockers. They have unbelievable oh, yes. talent on that defense. So, to me, that, that's as much about their personnel as it, their, as it is their scheme. I mean, we saw what that Rams' defense did to Kyler Murray. We saw what that right. Rams defense did to Tom Brady. They're just really, really good. Uh, but the Giant, Giant
7: defense is ranked, I think, 10th in the league now, so they have a fairly decent defense, and they have good secondary personnel. Right, obviously... right. But, Jeff,
1: I hear you, but look at Scott. the teams. <laughs> Scott, I'm sorry. Jeff was on before. But there's a different quality of opponent there. Okay. You know what I mean? The, for example, the Giants have played four games against the Eagles in, in Washington, right? Do you, right. know where, do you know where those teams are ranked offensively in the league? Yes, they do. Bottom three. Like, right. literally bottom three. So, I, I'm not quite ready to put the Giants defense in the Rams class. I'm not there yet. No. Okay. Now, if, they, if in the next couple of weeks they show up and they have similar performances against the Cardinals and Seattle... Then you can call back, and I will have a completely different conversation with you. I hope so. And I I hope you can have that conversation. But I'm with you. Look, the Giants, in all four of their wins, Scott, I think I said this stat earlier in the week, or if not, I I wrote it on one of my pieces on the website. The Giants have not allowed an opponent in their four wins to score more than 20 points. Right. The most points scored in one of the Giants' wins was 20. Now, to think you're going to hold Seattle to 20 points, I think that's probably a little far-fetched. So okay. I'm with you. I think the Giants have to probably get to twenty seven in this game in order okay. to win, in my opinion. I think I think Seattle has scored fewer than twenty four points, I think, once the whole year, and that was in that Rams game. Right. So I, I don't think you can count on that. I think you gotta hit twenty seven if you're the Giants offense in this game if you want to win.
7: Okay. Appreciate it, guys. I was just wanted to get your perspective on whether Joe Judge is actually going to study that Rams game and I realize there's different personnel but whether he's oh no but look Scott no no see. no
1: Scott look you're right and 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 it's a fair question I'm sure they will and the Rams actually do run a ton of cover three which is something that something the Giants run also. Right. so their schemes actually aren't that dissimilar in terms of how you run the back end but the Giants don't have Aaron Donald as good right. as Leonard Williams <laughs> he, he, he's he's not Aaron Donald and look Bradbury and Ramsey I think are, are probably closer in comparison in terms of how they're playing this year. But look, he he. They will certainly look at that tape. But the Rams' defense, a lot. And look, part of it's the scheme, but a lot of that's the personnel too.
7: Okay, well, appreciate it, guys. Thanks.
1: No, thank you, Scott. And and look, yep. great Have call. And he's right. The Rams are the team. And I think he, look, I think he made a great point. I was just trying to make a joke with with you know with how good the Rams' personnel is on defense. <laughs> but the Rams do run a similar defensive scheme as the Giants, Jeff. They're, they're both zone heavy. They don't do a ton of man to man. The Rams do a little bit more than the Giants do, but. Look, having Aaron Donald in the middle is, is is a big difference. I think the Rams probably have more of a natural pass rush. They don't have to blitz quite as much to get as pressure like the Giants do. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Jalen Ramsey is, is one of the top best corners in the league, so is James Bradbury. So, yes, I think they will look at that tape, but obviously, with, with different personnel, you have to do different things.
2: Yeah, and I think that, you know, this defense, they, they're good. A Giants defense can compete. And, you know, if Patrick Graham is going to develop a, a game plan to. To take away the strengths of that offense of Seattle, and you know it may not. I, I I agree with the. Listen, if if they score thirty points, the Giants will not win this game because the Giants can't score thirty points with Colt McCoy in that offense. Well, they just and, can't
1: do it. And Jeff, that's the trick for me. I, I agree
2: with you. Yeah, yeah. And the running the game, the running game is kind of their bread and butter right now. Well, the Seahawks are like third against the run, so they're going to mm-hmm. have to try to you know, get, they're going to try to run the football. Maybe they can do a little bit of it successfully, but, you know, their play action is where it's going to be at, okay? And, I'm with um, you. And so it's going to be a good fight. And like I said, I, I'm giving the, the Giants going to be a good game. As long as the Giants can play like they've been playing, if they go on the road and start stinking it up and turning the ball over, forget about it. And one good thing about it is that they don't
1: have to deal with the 12th man. That's a huge problem.
4: Yeah, amazingly, deal
1: amazingly, for some reason, though, Seattle is still 5-0 and at home, and they've played a lot better at home, despite <laughs> the fact there's that no 12th, man. Well, noise. I don't know what it is. They got something going on in that building, Jeff, because you're yeah. right. There's no 12th, man, but they've still been much better at home than on the road. It really is bizarre.
2: Maybe people are thinking they're hearing noises. <laughs> there's something it's the ghosts? Be- the ghosts? Yeah, I don't know, but uh, that place is ridiculously loud. I mean, just so loud. But then you now no, they don't have to deal with that, so that's a good thing. Um, yeah, and Jeff, a lot of the, good points.
1: Yeah, no. Look, I, and and look, I, I was I was trying to make light of uh, you know, I know, just have some fun. But I, I think Scott actually makes a really good point. And the funny thing to me, Jeff, and and, it, and it's a little counterintuitive. And I'm not saying that this is where the Giants' advantage lies. But you know how every week it's basically a you know Styles makes fights type of situation in the NFL. It all depends on the matchups. Mm-hmm. And despite the fact the Seahawks' offense is a much better unit than the Seahawks' defense. Simply from a schematic standpoint, I actually like the way the Giants defense matches up with the Seattle offense better than vice versa. And I think the point you just made was a home run. Because the Giants, the way they've operated, right, you run it on early downs, you get in the third and reasonable, and that's how they've been moving the ball down the field, right? Mm -hmm. Well, here's the problem. Seattle, to your point, I believe is third in the league in rushing yards allowed per game and rushing yards allowed per play. So they're really good in both respects. They're hard to run the ball against because of their two big guys in the middle, Jaron Reed and Puna Ford, their tackles. And then they might have the best linebacking core in the league with Wagner, Wright, and then Brooks, their rookie first-round pick. So their linebackers are fantastic. We haven't talked about Bobby Wagner yet. That dude is amazing. He's a five-time first-team All-Pro. All All right, Do you know how hard that is to do? to yeah. be a five-time first-team All-Pro. Well, it's not hard when you play like he does. No. That's for sure. He's amazing. So, look, they're going to be tough to run against, and then if you don't have Daniel Jones to make some of these big plays or convert some third and longs, and you have McCoy in there instead, and you have you know, Jamal Adams coming off the edge, he's really the best pass rusher, that's a bad combination to me. Hmm. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. I think that, you know, you make some good points, especially that, you know, the the Eagles, they have gotten better, and their pass rush is coming around. So Well, the Eagles' defense is pretty good. It's their offense that stinks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that I'm, – I'm talking more of the Seattle team. Oh, the Seahawks, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Seahawks. I mean, You said Eagles, I thought. My fault. Oh, I, I think I did. My bad. That's yeah. okay. Because so, <laughs> um, they, they just played them. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, you got to be respectful of that defense because of some of the players that you named. Jamal Adams to me is kind of your guy that you got to watch out for because he not only does he get to the quarterback, I mean he's always creating pressure, but he gets there and strips and fumbles and all and that. He's stuff. just a, he's a he's chaos back there. He's like a he's like that little fly that won't go away. I mean he's just everywhere, and you got to be you got to account for him. You've got to be able to know where he is at because he can't cover. You know, you might as well just put a linebacker number on him and just keep him in the box the whole time and make him another linebacker because he really is a—he's an amazing player.
1: He would not um, like to hear you say that, by the way. He would get very upset if you heard you well, say that. Well, who cares? He's, <laughs>
2: he's not listening to this show, I promise. Well, I hope <laughs> not. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know what I mean, though? I mean, no, he's you're right. Like, I
1: agree. I agree.
2: I, the guy can, he's a tackling machine. He can, he's got sacks. I mean, he's all over the place, and the Giants got to really know where he's going to be. And the Giants are, the, the, the Seahawks are going to set him up um, to to go after those two, the two of the tackles. You know, that's where they're gonna they're gonna he's gonna try to go and beat Thomas and um and uh, hello Fleming Fleming. Excuse mm-hmm. me. So we'll see what happens. And you know, another thing too. I'm hopefully Matt Pert is back this week. I don't yeah. know. Um, well he he is off the COVID list. So okay, well that's a good thing then. So they'll get that back in the rotation that they're doing things and uh, they got. Uh, yeah, it's very difficult to go on the road. John and win, but especially going all the way to Seattle. Um, It's a, it's a tough place to tough place to play. I know the last time I was in Seattle (laughs) was not fun. Yeah. We, I held for three field goals. that didn't go through that game. Um, in overtime, and we did not lose. We didn't win that game. That was a tough one. That was weren't a long you there?
1: Weren't you there in '08 though for the uh, when uh, Charlie Whitehurst started for Seattle and the Giant and the Giants beat him by like forty eight. 3 right. or yes, something crazy yes, like I that. Yes, I was.
2: Yeah, my last year was '09. I think. Yeah, Charlie Whitehurst. That's right. Remember Charlie Whitehurst? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. That's exactly right. Yes, I do remember. And that. you
1: guys I, murdered them.
2: I was more. <laughs> That was more like I was, I was more affected by the other one that I forgot about the last yeah, one. Honestly,
1: Jeff, you probably didn't have to punt the game. That's why you don't remember the damn thing.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I remember Charlie Whitehorse though. I remember that name. That was that, hilarious. Interesting.
1: So anyway. Um, Giant fans, and New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with the Giants-branded debit card. Go get it. It has security features, discounts at the Giants online shop. You're going earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants, member FDIC. All right, let's go to our next caller. Call, or call You're on the line. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
8: Hey, it's Charlie from Hi Charlie. Portland, Maine. What's got up, got Chuckles? How, How are you, you? Hey, I'm good. You guys are doing well. And uh, it's so nice to hear somebody like Marcus Paul, who uh, had a really positive influence on so so many people? Yeah, that uh, it's. Uh, I mean, what more can you ask for for a life than yep. to have that positivity? And I'm sure he was even more positive to his family. So absolutely. Um. Yeah. So it's that's great to hear. Um. On that note, just to get on the other side of things, um, my God, you know, we were. We barely beat bad teams, bad, bad teams. We beat, you know, Cincinnati by two points. We are a team that just kicks field goals. That's what we do. We probably have more field goals than touchdowns. Now, in I, fairness, probably, now,
1: Charlie, in fairness, the Giants have been, like, the best red zone team in football the last four weeks. At one point, they had converted 9 of 11 in the red zone for touchdowns. In fairness, they did. All right, all right. But, no, but Charlie, playing, to your larger point, the giants do yeah. not score a lot of points. If that's your right. main point, yes, they have yeah. not scored more than 23 points in any of their wins. So, to that point, yeah. you're correct. Yes. Yeah. I mean,
8: what didn't we beat Philly 27 to 17 but we must right. have had that, a defensive right. touchdown. No, you're yeah, right, that was 27. Touchdown. Yeah. But anyway, but the point is is like this has been our offense for the last five or six years. We can't score a point. And We're going up against really good teams that score a lot of points. And maybe our defense is definitely better. You know, they might not score 30, but they're going to score 28, 27, 24. I mean, how are we going to win? We can't. You know, so the hype of that we're, you know, in first place is not going to last very long because we're playing four really good offensive teams
1: in a row coming up. You're right, 100%. And I made mm-hmm. the point a couple weeks ago when the Eagles, when they played the Eagles on the 15th of November, and they were getting all their players back. And Jeff and I, I think, probably made the point on this show on a, th- a Thursday or Friday. We thought that would be a real kind of show-me, prove-it game as to whether mm-hmm. or not this team is back. But as it's turned out since then, Jeff, the Eagles have not really bounced back and look mm-hmm. like their old selves. So these next two games to me, and really, I know people keep discounting the Browns. That's not fair. They're 8-3, by the way. Yeah, so, really, yeah. so really, these exactly. next four games are going to be a real test because you're playing teams that are well over 500. They're better than any team. The giants have played this year, spare the Buccaneers and the Rams and Steelers. So you're going to see now how much this progress will translate against some better teams. I think that's a fair point, Charlie. I know if the Tino was on, he'd probably be screaming at you right now, but (laughs) to me and Jeff, I don't know what you think about it. I think that's a fair point.
2: Totally. Totally. I mean, listen, I mean, they've won one game out of their division against a team that was terrible, right? So um, right. there's a lot of questions, okay? The way that this team can win, is going to have to win, is they're going to have to be able to not turn the football over and make mistakes. It'll kill them. I think their defense can keep them in a the game, Charlie. I don't think their offense can keep up with the te- with the team that the defense is letting them just score well. Then you're, the game's over. Agree. 100%. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the team that has, you
8: know, the best chance of winning this division is actually Washington because they have Alex Smith playing now, who is a good quarterback. He's, you know, He's got the rust off. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's going to play to win. He's a smart quarterback. I think they're starting to peak at the right time. But they got a tough schedule, too. Yeah, they have to go so,
1: to Pittsburgh and to San Francisco and then host Seattle the next three weeks. That's not easy either.
8: I do. So the thing is if I think the Giants could win the division if we end up if we can win the division with a 5 and 11 record cuz that's where I think we're going oh, to end up. To- I, I,
1: I think you're going to have to get the 6. I got to yeah, be honest. I, know. With you. I well, think that, you have to get I, the I, 6. D- let me ask know, you this, Charlie. Think,
2: Charlie, let me ask you this. Of the two sure. teams, the Giants and Washington, which yeah. t- of those two teams do you think have a better chance of winning 3 out of the next 5? Do you think it's Washington?
8: Well, I don't think we're going to win the next four. So oh, I didn't ask I, I you
2: that. I asked you the last three. I asked you three out of five. All right, well,
8: all right, three out of five. I, we We're not going to win three out of five. We're going to win one out of four. Now Washington is playing. Give me their schedule again.
1: Uh, they have uh, Pitt, at Pittsburgh, at San Francisco, Rock. home versus Seattle, home versus Carolina, and then Philly to close out the year.
8: Yeah, they can win They can win three because they can beat Philly. They can beat Carolina and they're not going
2: to beat Seattle. Well,
1: in that case, what they don't it? have
2: to win three if you have the Giants only winning one. They only have to win well, two. Well, and by yeah. the way,
1: <laughs> I, and, and I realize, and I realize Dallas is one game behind, folks, but after they play Baltimore next week, they have yeah. the Bengals, the 49ers, yeah. the Eagles, and the Giants. So the Cowboys can easily win right. three games the rest of the way and get themselves to six if they beat right. the Giants the final week of the year. So the bottom line, right. Charlie, this thing's going to come down to that final week. When you have those two division games, Giants and Cowboys and Redskins, uh, darn, Washington and Philly. I haven't done that in a long time. I've been really good. Washington and Philly. Um, and that's when this division's going to be decided, bottom line.
2: Yep. Yeah. And I hope yeah. they're not playing I, I, the same time either. I hope they are just got a one and a four o'clock game, you know?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, Jeff. If, if all the teams are alive at the same time, they will put them all at the same time. Yeah. Just okay. so a team doesn't know what the other team has done while they're playing mm-hmm. their game, you know? Yeah.
8: Right. Yeah. Thank you, Charlie. So I don't know. I just – okay, guys. We got to right, run. Thank you. Appreciate yep. it, man. Yep. See if we can
1: squeeze in one more call before we go. At 973-667-1960, Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by the New York Lottery. New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch-off games once again. Head to your NEO's retailer for the chance to win up to $500,000. Please gift responsibly. Go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. Real
2: real quick. I remember those days. And
1: and I I didn't make the playoffs
2: very often. There was times when we were trying to make the playoffs. But the reason I was saying about it, you know, the 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock game, there was times when I was on the sideline and we were in games where we we were hoping that somebody was losing for us to go to the playoffs. As the game was going on, you know how they put the scores up on the squad in the stadium? And you're constantly watching that score. And all of a sudden, oh, now they scored again. Oh, there goes our chances. We're not going to the playoffs now. Thanks a lot, Detroit, or whoever we're asking you know, to win or something, but you never want to be in those positions, but sometimes you have to be.
1: Yeah, so Jeff, I think the bottom line in this week, and this will be our wrap-it-up before we go here, mm-hmm. can the Giants defense keep Seattle low enough on the scoreboard for the way the Giants play offensively, and again, pending Daniel okay. Jones and Colt McCoy, can the Giants defense okay. keep Seattle's offense at least... In, the, in second or third gear. You know, don't okay. let them get it, in the fourth or fifth gear to get. Look, to your point, and you said this before, if Seattle gets to 30, this no. is going to be a real tough go. But how are they going to get to 30, which, by the way, the Giants are good at, is big plays.
2: Yep. So mm-hmm. if they can eliminate the big plays, what they've done all season, okay, in that, in that zone covered, don't let somebody get over the top, play that bend but don't break, all right, then they
1: got a chance defensively. No, look, I'm with you, and that's why I made the point earlier. Even though the Seahawks' offense is their stronger unit, I actually like that matchup with Mm -hmm. the Giants' defense better than the other way around. Because if Jones isn't there to get some of those chunk plays against the Seahawks and their linebackers and the way they play those defensive tackles, and they have a lot of big guys on that defensive line, L.J. Collier, guys like that, it's going to be hard to run the ball Mm -hmm. with a lot of success against this team. And you know, by the way, if Daniel Jones isn't there, they're going to have eight men in the box All game, hundred percent long, yeah, and it's going to be really
2: hard. It'd be one thing if all of a sudden we were doing the matchup here, and you say, okay, you know, the Giants got a really good chance against, you know, a weak Seattle defense because they're thirtieth against the run, right? But Mm -hmm. that's not the case here, so we've got to find a way to win by them taking away our best asset, which is the running game right now. So that's a tough go. That's going to be some tough sledding for that offense. Yeah, because
1: their weakness to me, Jeff, is to attack their corners, attack Shaquille Barrett, attack Trey Flowers, attack Amadi. Okay. You know, can you, but if you don't have your starting quarterback, that becomes a lot more difficult. Yeah,
2: and I think that you're going to have to try to establish some resemblance of a running game just to get it going, get those offensive linemen to win that point of attack and get the ball, you know, you have some good manageable third downs. And then squeeze some play action in there to freeze some of those guys to make some plays.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Play action on early downs, Jeff. That could be where you get some big plays.
2: Sure. You know, and and, and what's the other thing that we always say about the extension of the passing game is your running game. I mean, excuse me, the extension of your running game is your passing game. You might see a lot of dump off quick stuff, you know, just because those guys do stop the run so quickly.
1: Yeah, it could, it could be a big day for Deion Lewis on some of those mm-hmm. little short sure. passes and stuff like yeah. that. I'm with you. Yeah.
2: And get the ball maybe. That, you know, the Giants are not a great screen team, but they have run some good screens this season. I think it takes a couple years to develop the offense to be a good screen football team. Like the, the Packers are the best at it. They've been doing it forever. But I feel like the Giants that just have to they're not there yet. But maybe this week is a time when they bring up some of those screenplays and you know, just some some craziness. And and Jason Garrett will draw up some crazy stuff. You know, and you might have to do
1: that against this team. Jeff, good stuff, my friend. Thank we'll, you, John. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Our yes, uh, our pregame show is a long one this <laughs> week. We started one fifty on WFAN on Sunday kickoff at 4.05. Myself, Feagles, Cross, Tatino, Meadow. We well, need have, all of them. Oh yeah, for for we need everybody hours. for that. We have yes. a, a lot of pregame coverage coming your way on Sunday. I want to remind everybody you can find the archive of this program and all of our other podcasts like Giants Huddle and Giants Rewind. Uh, this week's Giants Rewind was with Howard Cross who so was very good. It's on our Giants podcast network which is presented by Investors Bank. at a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with a Giants branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can up to 200 fifty dollars when you open an account at investorsbank.com slash giants member FDIC. Big Blue Kickoff Live returns tomorrow. Lance Meadow and Jeff Fegals do their big game preview. We probably will not have final word on Daniel Jones in the injury report at Showtime, but we will continue to report exactly what's going on. A Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by the New York Lottery. The New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch-off games once again. Head to your Neals retailer for the chance to win up to five hundred thousand dollars Please gift responsibly. And, Jeff, before we go, let me very quickly here see if we have any media reports, um, if whether or not Daniel Jones was out at practice. Uh, let's see. This from Pat Leonard. I'm just going to read his tweet from 34 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones ramped up his warm-up on far field until he was dropping back and throwing plenty of passes with head coach Joe Judge evaluating. Mm. Colt McCoy, Clayton Thorson worked with the offensive individuals. We'll see later if he's limited to side work or upgrades to limited so obviously they're giving him a chance with the trainer seeing what he can do in terms of dropping back so that's something to keep an eye on over the next couple of days jeff we'll talk to you on sunday bud okay john thank you thank you everybody thanks for being with us everybody we'll see you tomorrow at noon on giants.com stay safe out there